0: Well forget that nonsense. We'll go make a quick turnover to um, book talk. That was real quick because we had a little technical issue there, but welcome to book talk. And I hope everyone's doing well this week. Jenny, you can take it away and hand Recording it. Recording in to progress.
1: Naomi. Good afternoon everyone and hope everyone has had a good week and welcome to book talk and i think we have a lot of things to talk about and we'll be looking forward to our buddy read i think we said the 10th of october is about the right date since we didn't talk about it until the first of the of the week so no one how are you today
2: i am beyond fantastic thank you it's been a great week it's scaring me because the older i get the more joy i find in the most ridiculously simple things it's just i don't know its it's i have to find a way to stop that and introduce a little more misery or something i don't know it's just a weird experience small stuff can just keep me smiling for hours hey nothing <laughs> so. wrong with
3: that
1: why does everything have to be complicated
2: <laughs> yeah I, i'm enjoying it I, I i would hate to have it not be there um i just i don't know that's uh um, just silly stuff, you know. A couple texts from my granddaughter out in in Nebraska, and stuff that really isn't that big a deal, and yet just uh, kind of kept me elevated, and not able to touch the ground a big chunk of the day. And all she really did was get on there and talk about her uh, her day. So, wasn't well, anything uh, monumental. Monumental. Yeah, you
1: know. but she thought of you, and that's cool.
2: <laughs> that's yeah. That's huge. That really does make a difference. You're right. Uh, So, I'm doing well, to give you a short answer. No complaints here. So, do you want to do a book review first, or? I'm happy to start it, if that's what you'd like.
1: Good, I can prolong the inevitable, then. All right. (laughs) All right, well,
2: I am going to start with a magnificent book that I read this past two weeks ago, and I'm... There it is. I'm using alt-tab to get to. I open a whole bunch of reviews on in Word. This is how I do this in, behind the scenes. How about, like I don't know how many open. And so it takes me just a bit to rotate to all of them, and I should just figure out what number they are, and I can jump to, from window to window that way. It's quicker. But anyway, um, I've had this book on my hard drive since 2012, July of that year. Why I didn't read it until a couple of weeks ago, I will never understand it. It's called On Borrowed Time, and the author is David Rosenfelt, R-O-S-E-N-F-E-L-T. The order number, if you're eligible to borrow books from the National Library Service, is DB74208. Uh, I don't see a Braille one, so there is no Braille. Um, This is not an Andy Carpenter book. You know that David Rosenfelt is extremely famous for his Andy Carpenter series, and his newer one, The K-Team. Rightly so. He should have all the fame he can get from those. They are delightful books. Funny. uh, The sarcasm is fantastic in those. That's not what I'm here to review, however. This is a standalone, and it absolutely rocked me. I read it in a... a, Literally a slow morning. Uh, I won't lie. I just could not put it down. I, it was with me when I brushed my teeth, and I when I took the dog out to empty it. He, I took the book. <laughs> so that's uh, the the nature of the propulsive nature of this book. Um, try not to go into this thinking you're going to get an Andy Carpenter novel, though. I can't stress that strongly enough. If you do, you're going to be really disappointed, and that would be sad because there's no reason reason for disappointment with this book. Here's the setup. Richard Kilmer and Jen Ryan are very much in love. They've been in love, well, for several months. He's a writer. She works for an art gallery. She wants to take him home to see the folks for Christmas. That's how serious they are. And he agrees, and the events go well. The family like him. They don't mistreat him. He's he's not going to become that uh, uh, low-life, second-class son-in-law that's not ever good enough for my daughter kind of stuff. They really enjoy themselves in one another's company. On Christmas Eve in a gazebo in Jen's backyard, Richard pulls out a ring he's been nervously carrying around for days and proposes. She immediately says yes and uh good stuff is coming. So, soon thereafter, she convinces him to drive to a nearby waterfall where she used to go as a young younger person. Just wants to show it to him. It's a warm unseasonably warm day in late December. As they approach the waterfall, They enter into a really nasty, sudden, foggy, intense storm that has risen up that just came out of the blue. Nobody saw it coming or knew it was happening. So bad is it that the visibility is down to zero, and Richard pulls over in an attempt to keep them from from having an accident. And ironically enough, he is involved in an accident. He thought the accident ejected Jen from the car because he can't find her anywhere. His search turns up absolutely nothing. The local cops come, and they can't find her. They're a little dubious about whether she really exists, for heaven's sakes. When he gets back to the city, things get even worse. His close friends insist that there was never a girl named Jen in his life. They never saw her. He never brought her to the pub in which he always went to watch the Giants or the whatever baseball game later uh, that he was turned on to later on. The investigative reporter in him comes to life. He's done some writing, as I said early, and he tries to understand why he's the only one who has these incredibly vivid memories of Jen's life. Um, I can't even imagine what that would be like. You know, picture yourself in a circumstance where you have this magnificent experience with this, this woman and you come back and go into the, to the bar to tell your friends about this horrible accident. You, you've lost her. And they all, they all kind of patronize you like you're mentally ill, and they put a hand on your shoulder. Oh, no, 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 you don't understand. You never brought her here. She doesn't exist. You you don't have a girlfriend, Rich. Come on, buddy. What's wrong with you? Are you okay? Did you? And I, I can't even imagine how disconcerting that would be. That would just, it would tear at the fabric of self-trust is what it would really do. He found the childhood house because he traced his steps and it's totally nothing like the house he had visited days earlier. The woman who comes to the door is much older. She's, frankly, rather dilapidated. There is no husband. She never met Richard, she says, and eventually, in anger, she throws him out of the house when he asks about Jen. This gets really twisty, and it's really fascinating, and I won't go into it any farther. I want you to read it yourself. It's just a fascinating little book about what happens in the life of where memory is shared by no one else, and how what you have to do to untangle that that mess and figure out what really went went wrong, I I just couldn't stop it. I, I stayed with it the entire time till it ended. It's only like a six hour or so book, but uh, it's just it was it was worth it. Um, and again, this is called On Borrowed Time. The DB number once again is DB seven four two zero eight.
4: And we do have you a have hand, so let's. We don't have a hand, so Joni, if you want to unmute, well, you should be already be unmuted. So go right ahead. Let me check. There, we sent the request again.
5: Oh, now I am. There okay. she is. I, I've been in and out of the hospital. Where well, three times in two months. So. It hasn't been fun. But I have a question for Jen. I think that, well, I know that you you wrote a review about The Housemaid. Um, you also mentioned that there were three books in the trilogy. Um, and you happen to find the numbers and everything?
1: Oh, I know there's a second one but bard does not have it bookshare may honestly oh. i haven't checked on bookshare yet audible has it and it's called the the housemaid's the secret the housemaid's secrets or the secret of the housemaid yeah well thanks so much um
5: oh i get so annoyed with bard for not having books even though I have they have so many
1: Oh, I know, and they only have three of hers, and she has so many that I wish they would get more of them because she's so good. And they're, and she has lots of, oh, she has several that are two-book series because she has some some more medical-oriented things. And
5: um, Well, thank you so much. I'm really looking forward to reading The Housemaid because a friend of mine had recommended it Oh, months ago. Maybe a year ago. Oh, I forget when it first came out. But um, anyway, thank you so much, Jenny.
1: Oh, you're welcome.
5: Let's, um, we have Jane,
4: and then Pierre will be up after Jane. So Jane, you should be good to go. And then Pierre, you're up after her.
6: Okay. Am I coming through? You no, you are. are. All right. I want to recommend a nonfiction book called Codename Blue Wren. And I I sent you Nolan a list of them. I'm not sure how to I should have brailed the con, the information, but I sent it to you in an email earlier with some several other I'll, books. I'll find it. Thank you. It is called Code Name Blue Wren. Blue Wren. It's the story of the most significant spy who very few of us knew about. And she finally was arrested right after 9-11 for disclosing tremendous amounts of information to Cuba. Now, I grew up hearing about 90-mile distant Cuba and what a threat it might be. But over time, it's just kind of sitting off there like a little dusty place, even though it is now open to public visiting. But this has prompted me to really rethink what I know and what I what I am concerned with Um this woman is named Anna, and I can't remember her last name as I tell you this, but all of her family worked for the FBI or for other departments in our government involving information uh, care and use and understanding. But she was busy passing everything she could to Cuba, and it was dangerous stuff. And I've written a couple of people now and said, Did you even know about this? Had you heard about this? One of them had, the others had not. And it's written by Jim Popkins, P O P K I N S. He does a wonderful, careful job. of research and interviewing. It's it's a remarkable um, revelation kind of nonfiction book, so I want to recommend it. Codename, Blue Wren. Okay. And the author is who? Jim Popkin. I think it's P-O-P-K-I-N. Okay.
2: It's DB114. Thank you. 279. DB one one four two
1: seven nine. Some of those are interesting. How um, you find out about people that do things behind the scenes that you have no idea that there was even anybody doing such a thing. And some of the war efforts and things like that, like the people that tried to stop the the telegraphs and. Mm-hmm.
2: All right, thank you for that. Who's next? Do we uh, Pierre, a, is Pierre is next. Yes, on? Pierre
7: is next. Go ahead, Pierre. Yeah, uh, have any of y'all read any of the Noah Wolf series? Uh, Noah Wolf, as a child, they don't know what happened to him, but something happened to his brain, so he has no feel, he has no feelings. He could uh, stomp on a bug or shoot fifty people, and 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 he feels nothing. So That's creepy. So the, uh, so the United States government finds out about him, and they hire him as an assassin. And he gets this little group of people together, and their job is to go out and do the dirty work of the United States government, but they're they're under the radar, so nobody knows about them. And it's a good series.
2: Very cool. It sounds like it. it do you is. remember who wrote it, or do you, do you have any memory of the author?
7: I can't remember the author. Okay, okay, I'll look it up.
1: Can you tell me one of the names of the book so I can at least look up a book title?
7: I'll come back with it in a minute. I'll be right back. Okay, okay, Okay. (laughs) sorry. (laughs) That helps for our records. That's the
2: only reason we're trying to do it. And until he comes back, we're caught up.
0: Okay, It's kind of like Request on the Legend. Yeah. (laughs)
1: Yeah. Well, there's so many books and so many... (laughs) names I catch my i I've read so many books that sometimes authors have titles that are the same and you see the title and you go, I think I read that. Yeah, that's the I one thing read they, they read. can't
2: trademark is that title. I well, know, I wish that. they could
4: you, you know that uh, the the buddy
2: read that we have coming up though, that was
4: that was an interesting book in a lot of ways. I started it last Tuesday night and I finished it uh early on you Wednesday. Are my hero. That, that was a. Yeah. that was a An interesting book in a lot of different ways.
2: I uh, Okay, Mm. I'm going to read it, by golly.
0: May I say something real, real quick? Sure. Um, Won't take up much of your time, but there's been a little lag in the podcast because we switched to a different type of streamer that now more modern that fits the legend. and. We had to fix a couple things, and so we got a couple episodes behind. They are now caught up and So if you've missed anything, it's now all been fixed. So um, that's one of those things you have to do. You had to fix on the fly, but it is all fixed now. So oh, thank all you. your that's podcasts great news. should be up to, up to date. And so we strive to do that, and it just happens great. sometimes. So. Joni, come on back.
4: Okay, she should be able to unmute.
5: Hi, it's Joni. There she is. Yep. Go ahead. What's the book for the buddy read and when's it due?
1: The Mercy of the Sky. And what did we say, the 10th of October? I guess
2: we said the 10th, didn't we, instead of the 3rd.
1: It's a true story.
5: Okay. okay. Thank you. Very uh, I think much. the order
2: number is uh, eight three four one four, Choni. If that Ooh. helps you any, DB eight three four one four. Oh yeah. Thank
5: you.
2: Very much. And that's a thank fascinating
4: you. thing, and a lot of different. There were some things that I don't know that I thought needed to actually be in there, but they were so.
2: <laughs> <I'll> look forward <laughs> to your thinks, your thoughts on it when we get to yeah, that. That's uh, uh, Pierre's back with us, Pierre. All right.
7: Yeah, the uh, first book in the series is Hit for Hire, and it's by David Archer.
2: Can you repeat that for my benefit? I had noise going on in the background. I apologize.
7: Okay, it's Hit for Hire by David Archer. Ah, okay. Okay. Excellent books.
2: Thank you. That's good knowledge. That's not heard of that series, so I'm glad to know it's there. Excellent.
0: Thank
4: you. And again, we're caught up on callers. Unless some, oh, oh, the, oh. here comes, here comes friend Gregory. For the, for the so step up here. Let's, uh, Gregory. You should be able to unmute now.
8: I think Hi, um, there he is. Thank you. Um, I have a uh, nonfiction book to uh, review, which uh, I was the generation that grew up in the uh, Mercury, Gemini, Apollo space race to the moon decade of the 60s, and we were all just Fascinated by you know all the coverage and and press and all that sort of thing, and this book uh, that I'm going to tell you about happened in 1963 in September. Um, I'm trying to get to the. Uh, Take your
2: time. I've been there.
8: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> ah. If you tap oh, too hard, okay. your
2: machine will freeze up.
8: <laughs> uh, the, uh, the name of the book is. Uh, uh, Tiger in the Sea, the uh, the, sea hole, the, ditching of the ditching of Flying Tiger uh, Nine Twenty Three, I think it is, uh, and it, what 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 the premise is is uh, the Flying Tigers, as you might uh, know originated in the China-Burma-India campaign of World War II because the Flying Tigers flew over the hump of the Himalayas uh, in India to bring supplies to the American forces uh, there under uh, Vinegar Joe Stilwell, was the general in, in charge, and Claire Cheneau was the was the Air Force guy in charge. But anyway, they so after the war, they wanted to keep the Flying Tigers alive, so they started an airline, and they would ferry— um, military dependents uh, overseas, uh, and this particular flight took off in September of 1963 on a flight from New Jersey to Germany with, uh, I think it had 58 passengers aboard. Uh, most, uh, the, their destination was uh, West Germany. Uh, they were military dependents. Some of them were from West Point and, and uh, various other places, uh, and a 1,000 miles from land, each of the four engines on the uh, airplane flamed out one by one, and uh, uh, the and the, the pilot's job was to try to land the plane, which had never been done before, in 25 foot waves. Uh, which, if you can imagine, uh, trying to land a plane in like snowdrifts on the on the on the uh, on the runway, 25 uh, foot snowdrift would not be insignificant. And uh, and of course, uh, the waves like that would mean there were winds uh, to deal with, uh, gale force winds. And the pilot put out a Mayday, but they were a thousand miles of land, and it would take hours for ships to reach them and the big thing was could could everyone stay alive long enough for the ships to get there and to rescue you know I- anyone it was a fascinating fascinating
2: sound uh, really good
8: look it, it really was and uh um me, like, let me get the uh the author was Eric Lindener, L I N D N E R, and Gary Bennett, and actually Gary Bennett was the reader. Uh, And
2: uh, wow, that sounds good. I'm going to go download it.
8: It's uh, the DB number is one zero eight two seven nine.
2: Wow. Thank you. That really that that's the kind of stuff that would would I would find fascinating.
8: And and it it uh, it brings everyone up to date on what the passengers you know uh, what happened to them over wow. the years. And it's just was you know I think as as I said we we grew up with the space age sure. uh, and, and all that was sort of like you know, living your life around maseratis and uh and uh porsche 911s because they weren't the uh, chevettes and the uh, for Ford sure. Fairlanes lanes and the uh, uh what what do we have a um, oh shoot uh, a a uh, I can't think of what our hatchback car was, but it was, it was, you know, it, it was the run of the mill cars of those days. And, right. Uh, right. and that's where the, you know, the, the airlines weren't all top of the line. You know, they were, they were barely m- getting by and, uh, mm-hmm. and this, this plane probably had no business taking off, but, uh, you know, it's the bottom line as it always is today with money, 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 and they are trying to <laughs> stay afloat. So, well, as it were, and, uh, so uh it was but it's a very, very interesting reading.
2: Sounds like it. Thank you for that recommendation.
8: You're, you're welcome.
2: That's uh the only problem you have with that is I'm liable to write a review, and then you'll say, oh, there's another rerun. I don't want to read that. <laughs> no, they,
1: Everybody has a different take, though. That's, that's, right.
3: that's it's, right.
1: It's hard. I I catch myself sometimes I've read a book that's been reviewed on View and I mm-hmm. think, I don't want to review it because they did a good job. It.
2: <laughs> it's always better to have your, your point of perspective on it. It makes a big difference.
1: But I don't want to be a copycat.
2: Yeah, that's that's the beauty of reviews though. They're never really copycats because you you your own ideas, your own thinking gets in there. And, well, and that's why
1: with this book that I was going to talk about for a minute today, I I'm afraid I'm going to cause an uprising. And Good. Maybe maybe I should Maybe I should reread this and not even say anything about it. It's no. been a long time since I read it. Go for it. Uh, but And it could have been very much the mood I was in when I read it. I don't know. <laughs> Everybody loved this Irish Country Doctor series. It never appealed to me. By Patrick Taylor. Yeah. And just to sort of give people an idea, it was about this... Uh, Barry Laberty, who's a, a young uh, resident, and he accepts his. After he graduates, he goes to work with, with this man um, as a, as an assistant to to Doctor O'Reilly in in Northern Ireland, and um it talks about the people and and how this this doctor he he didn't have a very good bedside manner or whatever and and the good part is that the the young doctor falls in love and and he but i when i read this people told me how funny it was and everything and i was expecting something similar to uh, James Harriet and I just dearly loved those books, and I read all of them, and I wish there were more of them. And but I, I didn't, I don't know. Like I said, it, it was just could have been me, but I didn't find it funny. And it was ten hours, and I couldn't wait for ten hours to be over. And <laughs> I, I downloaded the other one, and I, I downloaded an Irish country village, and I never even opened it.
2: Isn't that fascinating? See, I'm afraid I would have the same.
1: But if you do want to read it and I may have to read it again because I mm. I feel bad about it, but it's an Irish country and it's Why, my what, what uh
4: Jennifer did you not like about it? If you could maybe that would help somebody understand because you know inevitably something well, well, I loved it so
1: <laughs> I I think I think I was expecting that the that the characters that surrounded them would be uh, more unusual and be funny, and it would be more um, more experiences of of sort of more like a James Harriet book, you know, when he talked a lot about going. Part of it, I guess, was the you know, the countryside and the fact that he was going out in the country and and the, some of the crazy people that he would go help with these animals. I don't know, I guess I just wanted more more uh unusual characters or something. But now <laughs> I'm gonna have to read
0: it. You, okay,
1: <laughs> but I, just... when, I mean, I may reread it. It was Never an Irish him. country doctor and it was <laughs> by Patrick Taylor mm-hmm. and it's uh D B six seven seven six seven.
2: Oh, you, Steve, right? you did start an uprising. Up Look at you.
4: You did start an uprising. Ooh, yes, wow. we have four hands. Uh, oh, Dale is up first. So, Dale, go ahead and unmute. Think uh, then, shown. once yeah. Dale is done, Sherry will be next. Oh. Deborah will be up after oh. her. And then Don after. So, Dale, if you want to go ahead and unmute.
2: Now there's another one. Well done, Jenny. You got them stirred up yeah. for. Well, it, it,
4: while Dale is unmuting, let's go ahead and have Sherry unmute, and then when Dale is unmuted, we'll get to we'll get to him after. We'll get to him next. Okay. Sherry, if you she Sherry's there, go ahead.
9: All right, Jenny. I am 100 percent with you. <laughs> I uh, tried reading the first book, an Irish country doctor. I couldn't stand it. I felt like he was trying to be another James Harriet and he didn't come close. I felt like he was trying to copy James Harriet. That's kind of what I thought. (laughs) Yeah, I I really didn't like it. So, um, yeah, that's just my thoughts on it. Just wanted to tell you, you're not alone. Well, I'm glad because I thought, boy, everybody just raved about
1: how funny it was. And oh, yeah. I had several people tell me I needed to read the whole series.
9: Oh, that's no. So, funny. I, so many books in the world that never finishing the first one, I don't feel the need to read anymore.
3: Couldn't agree more.
9: I'd rather read James Harriet again.
3: Yes. So. <laughs> yeah. OK, I'm here with you. Uh, another great book I found is uh, a book called uh, Kindness for Weaknesses by Sean Goodman. I don't recall what the book number is right off the gate, but it, uh, it portrays a 15 year old teenage boy that's, uh, that grows up in an abusive home. And then, then you know, he's yeah, he's, he's still attending school, but uh, he ends up dealing drugs and stuff for his older brother, and ends up in uh, a place called Martinson uh, Thomas C. Martinson Jr. or Morton Morton Junior. facility for the for the you know for troubled teens. All right. Well, that's probably pretty much all I got. I think I got another call coming in. Okay. Thank you, Dale.
2: Um, and his order number is DB76880. This is Dale's book, Kindness for Weakness. And he's right, of course. It's by Sean Goodman. That's S-H-A-W-N for those of you who need to spell an author. Um, and what's the number? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The number <coughs> is... Again, it's kindness for weakness, and it's DB seven six eight eight zero.
3: Okay, okay, I okay. think I can put my hand down now. I think. Thank it's you. It's great. Appreciate the reminder. Oh, uh, down now. Go, oh. Deborah right. so is. You sir. bet.
4: Deborah is up next. Uh, Don, you're up after her, and Randy, you're up after Don.
10: So, Deborah, go right ahead. Well, back to the um, the doctor books. The thing that I liked about them so much was um, I'm very interested in Irish culture and history. And so I felt like that part of them was very realistic and that are a little funny. Um, certainly the characters that are in that aren't as um, cute, maybe, as the Harriet book stuff. And it, I think they were a little bit more serious in a certain way, and I enjoyed them. But I have to confess that I've read, I think, three, and I haven't bothered with the next one. So maybe they lose their charm after a while. But but I, ha- I did enjoy them very much. Okay. Thank you. Don, you're up next.
0: We have to give him a boost there.
11: There we go. There you go. go. Well, it's interesting that Nolan, you talk about you're not sure about the I- an Irish country doctor because you were the one that got me to read the first three or four books in that series.
2: I don't know how I could have done that. I don't recall well, ever reading it.
11: Well, this is what happens when we okay. get to a certain point in my life. Did I really <laughs> so, read that? Well, I mean, if you didn't, you recommended it to me. Maybe you didn't wow. read it. <laughs> Holy but smoke. The annoying thing about it is I read the first three or four and I loved them and then I stopped and I didn't stop intentionally, I just stopped and now I don't know where I left off in the series and so I haven't picked it up again. But I reread one of the James Harriet books last week, um, because I couldn't stop myself, which is kind of ridiculous. I get these I don't reread a lot, but when I do reread it's because there's something that prevents me from reading anything else unless I reread the book that I'm thinking about. It's crazy. Um, But when I was looking at Bard, I noticed that as a result of... Our ability now to get books from other countries, there are a whole bunch of other Harriet titles that come from England that were recorded, I guess, in England or Canada. But I think it was England and they had different titles. And I thought, well, it's the same books with different titles. But then I started trying to match them up. By the, the, which didn't work. Like, even by the times, it didn't work. So now I'm trying to research, and I haven't been successful. I'm trying to find out how these books all connect together like which ones are duplicates of which others or how and i can't for the life of me figure out how it works so, so i don't really know if i want to if i want to download these other books because my guess is that it's the same book with different titles i tried looking at fantastic fiction okay that, that was my question time.
2: that was my yeah question. i
11: couldn't find anything that that helped with it and i'm okay. really curious about it
2: <laughs> i can imagine yeah
1: So do the descriptions of them sound familiar? That might help. Well, you know, it's hard to know because
11: they all kind of like, even if you look at the different entries in the series that we are familiar with, they're not, (laughs) excuse me, they're not descriptive enough. I need to look at them all again. But they don't seem descriptive enough to really show me, like, okay, this is going to be part of that. And it's weird that, like, the times don't match. So, I don't know. I looked at quickly, but I need to look more. I looked at the website. um, I guess it's jamesherriott.com. And that wasn't helpful, but I may not have spent enough time looking at it. Um, Because there's got to be a way to figure out whether these are different books. I can't imagine that they're different books. Um, but since the times don't match up, it's very confusing. Was there a consistent
10: uh, time differential, like the English book and then the American book, or you can't no, even the tell English, that?
11: I can't really tell. The English books all look shorter, um, uh, but there weren't as many of them, so I, I don't know. Huh. And it's because of the Marrakesh Treaty that you know that they were posted because you can tell from the numbers that that accompany them, you know, the, right. the accession numbers mm-hmm. that accompany right. them, that right. it came about because of the Marrakesh Treaty. And of course, they're all narrators that were not familiar. I was really when I when I had this urge, I was really tempted to download one of them, and then Bob Askey won me over. Yeah. <laughs> I can't do that, but it's really interesting to me because if there are more of them. I really want to read them
2: yeah it didn't make that didn't get published over here
11: yeah I don't know but right. if anybody figures it out I'll pay money <laughs> You'll get a
2: thank you I appreciate
11: it. <laughs> Randy come on in I think she's hi uneven. everybody there hi. she is
12: I love the James Harriet ones, and of course Bob Askey that's interesting that there are other books up there, I have to look. I haven't looked in a while. But the the Patrick Taylor book, I cheated because I didn't read I didn't read the first book. I read the first Christmas one at Christmas time, and then last year I read the latest Christmas one. I don't know if it came out last year or the year before. But those books I love, and I'm Irish, so. I've always been fascinated by Ireland, and I just, I love the Christmas ones. I tried to read some of the other ones, and some are better than others, I think. But I cheated because I started with the Christmas ones. <laughs> well,
1: that might have been the smart thing to do. That might make you like the other ones better.
2: Yeah, that's a good point.
1: They were very was- good. They,
10: they just made me want to go to Ireland. It captured <laughs> I have to say, some of the characters that are his patients, um, that especially ones that sort of go long-term through the books, are some of the yeah. most attractive part of that series.
2: All right, very good.
10: Sherry is back with us.
9: Okay, hey, so for Dawn, one of the books I think is called Vet in a Spin, and that takes place in the first half of what we know as All, all Things Wise and Wonderful. Um, when he's in the RAF. Hulk. Um, I don't know about the other ones, but years ago I read it in Braille and it was a vet in the spin. So I was able to connect that. And I was just gonna say, I don't know if you guys know, but they had Bob Askey re record uh all creatures great and small all creatures great and small. The original number was something like six zero nine six or six six oh six something like that and then they had him re-record it 20 years later or something when it was a five one or five three rc number and it was too bad because the original recording was better because he was younger
2: (laughs) oh that's funny yeah (laughs) they
9: didn't just reissue it they actually had him re -re record wow
2: interesting
9: audible has two different copies of that series also they have the first copies they had was read by Christopher Timothy, who played Harriet in the PBS series. Oh wow! And then the other one, the newer one, is read by the actor playing him in the All Creatures reboot series. So you have a lot of choices for that.
2: Fascinating. Case. Yeah. Huh.
1: Okay. All right. Thank they you. They were just really good. And even the PBS series was good. Yeah.
2: Any other hands? We do
4: not have any more hands.
2: All right. Is it my turn on the hot seat again?
1: It's your
4: turn.
2: Oh, right.
1: it See if you can raise all my hands. Not like that.
2: I'm terrified now that I recommended this to him, and I have no memory of ever reading it. That's, it's the reverse Richard Kilmer thing here. He says, yes, it happened. And I'm like, I don't know. I don't think so. All right. Uh, but I'm going to go look. I've got my Goodreads thing open here. I'm going to scope it out in a minute. So he, we're going to take a bit of a turn here. This is not a Christmas book that I'm about to recommend, but it's probably a fall, almost Christmassy book. And it's a, if, you, if you are okay with cozy mysteries, this will be a lot of fun for you. It's called Apple Cider Slaying, S-L-A-Y-I-N-G. The author is Julie Ann with an E at the end. Uh, Lindsay, L-I-N-D-S-E-Y. You cannot get this from Bard. I procured it through my public library via Libby. And had a wonderful time with it. Let here, Here's the setup real quick. Winona May Montgomery, you can think of her as Winnie if you wish, because everybody else does, is a 28-year-old uh, single woman. And you'll eventually come to cheer for her a lot. She lives in a small West Virginia town where her grandma lives and owns a fruit orchard. So... She, Winona, or Winnie as we can call her, wants to expand the place to include a small restaurant-type place where she can serve some of Grandma's homemade pastries and maybe various flavors of apple cider grown right there on the farm. Sounds like a good experience. So, day after Thanksgiving, they're hosting a gathering at the farm. They, have, they allow tourists to come through and just visit the place, sample the apples, sample the cider, Things of that nature. It's a hayride type thing in the fall. It's what we've all, probably most of us, have done. Her grandma's nemesis drops by, presumably to give grandma a hard time, as is usually the case. She storms out to find grandma when they when she learns that the old woman is giving a tour. Uh, minutes later, Winona is escorting a banker through the orchard because she's trying to get a loan to do this expansion. And, ooh, they find the body of uh, the nasty neighbor inside the apple press yuck um this is really well written it's just the, the narrator of the audiobook is a perennial favorite of mine she is amy melissa bentley and i think she does a really nice job at anything she puts her hand to uh again this is called apple cider slaying and it's julie ann Lindsay. very nice little audiobook super quick and I was surprised by the ending. I suspect it's on Bookshare. I didn't check, but I think actually it is because all the other books, it, it's a trilogy so far, and I think there are more coming. But all the other books are there, and I read the, all three of them. I was so enchanted with the first one. That sounds good, too. It was really fun. Let's go to
4: Jimmy. Whenever So, Jimmy, if you want to unmute
0: Hey, can you hear me? Yep. No, and no, I was wondering, you read a of books, you read, maybe,
10: maybe,
0: Maybe, you get that, Jenny.
10: You're reading a good book? No, I'm one of what you mean in magazines.
2: Magazines.
11: Magazines. Oh, magazines.
2: Huh. I don't read, I almost read zero magazines.
1: I just to like to read Ellery Queen's Mystery Magazine. That's the
2: yeah. only one I read. And then I grumble about it later, usually. <laughs>
9: yeah.
2: Um. Yeah, I don't know. I I went to a seminar a webinar that Judy Dixon held last Thursday night on how to use your Braille display with Bard Mobile. And that inspired the, the heck out of me. And so I thought, you know, you need to read a Braille book. And uh, so I did my settings the way she recommended and it turned out really, really good. I was reading a Braille book from a recliner, which any ergonomic specialist will tell you is a stupid thing to do on my display. And I read for three hours, and my left shoulder was so frozen, solid Sunday afternoon and night that I kind of decided that there will be no more Braille reading marathons, at least from a recliner, and maybe not even from a table. I'm not sure. I really struggled with that afterwards. But I, I looked at all the Braille magazines they offered. and. Quite honestly, none of them just re- reached out and said, "You got to read me. I'm here for you." So.
1: They don't have the good variety of Braille magazines they used to. Not anymore. When I was in school, and even when I was in college, I used to read oh, ESPN, right. Popular Mechanics, Rolling right. Stone. <laughs> A lot of those they don't even have anymore, and it and they're so far behind that. Well, like, yeah. if you read ESPN that comes out every couple of weeks, they're, you're reading about the the beginning of the football season and how they think the teams are going to do in the middle of basketball season.
2: Yeah, it's just it's not worth it.
1: So, I mean, if it's anything that has anything to do with current events,
2: Plus, I think what, the whole magazine industry is in serious trouble.
1: It is. And Illustrated favorite,
2: used to be really good, but it's even gone downhill. Yeah, it's, they've all gone to pieces. I mean, it's, one
1: of my favorite magazines used to be Reader's Digest, and they've even changed it.
2: Yeah, it's not what it was. That's a fact. It's, it just—I don't know. It's—it's it's okay. It's still not terrible, but it lacks that—that that Americana feel that it had with the the Wallaces editing it. it just, I just—I don't know. It just it just feels herky-jerky and short and chopped off and chopped up. And you, there's not even a book section, really, anymore to speak of.
1: You might like The Atlantic, Jimmy. Have you tried reading that? I know you can get that in audio. And it has all kinds of different, different stories in it. You might like that one.
2: I used to read Choice Magazine Listening and they got so gloom and doom several years back and i just you know i thought you know if i need to read this and then go out and slug back a couple antidepressants just to get through the rest of my day it's not worth reading this for uh, no so i quit reading it and um i don't know if it's any better but um i haven't used or listened to it in a number of years um but so i don't yeah i'm i'm not a good one for magazines i just i just don't read any to speak I of. just
1: did really like them, but I'm just disappointed that they've gotten rid of so many of the grey ones.
0: Mm-hmm. Looks like we got a couple raised hands, don't we, Perry?
4: We do. Let's go to a caller in the 614
12: area code. Hi, this is Shirley. Just wanted to um, mention real quickly, uh, Nolan, the last book you talked about is definitely on Bookshare, and that was well, like a good book. Oh, thank you.
2: So, yeah, it's a cute um, book. It really is. Yeah, it it looks like it
12: really would be. And can you please review again, or I, I don't mean review, but say the the name of the first one that you talked
2: about. I don't think I found that one oh, on Bookshare. This will rock your old mama, trust me. It's called On Borrowed Time. Right. Okay. David and Rosenfeld. who is that by? David Rosenfeld. R-O-S-E-N-F-E-L-T. Okay. All right. Thank you so much. Again, I really appreciate
12: um, what you guys do on
4: well, here. A so a lot of fun. We're thank you so you. much. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Take care. Thank you. Uh, yeah. Randy is next. So, Randy,
12: if you want to unmute. I just wanted to comment on magazines. Mm-hmm. I stopped reading them. I was listening to them in audio, and the reader who's been doing them, I just I can't.
1: I just can't. Oh, yeah, that studio is just
2: notoriously I, bad, isn't it?
1: Just I understand what what she's saying. I I tried I wanted to read the the uh, New York Times book review. I maybe made it through 2 minutes and because it was so chopped up because they were spelling all the authors names and everything that they talked about in this particular it was like an in-brief section or something, and I get that you should spell the author's name, but maybe do it at the end of the article instead of in the middle of it. The, and the reader is so slow. I'm it's, of them.
12: it's like, even if I speed it up, I just, well, I don't speed books up anyway, because I can't stand it. I can't either, but I, I spelled
1: that guy up, and he was still slow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
12: Even if I try speeding her up, she's horrible still, so. Awful. Yeah,
2: that's... It's amazing see, how a narrator can either really make or or ruin a good story. It's just a, a good book or a good magazine. See and I uh, all I always
4: speed books up.
2: Me too. Me too.
1: Well they must be in magazines or something. They must be taught that they need to spell all of the names that they mention or something.
2: Yep, that is part of the specs
1: actually. Would it be, like, more appropriate at the end of the article or mm-hmm. something instead of right when they come to it? Because it was so disjointed with all the spellings and everything. That, not bad. That yeah, that, was just that hard does break to up the flow, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
2: All right, thank you for that. Any other hands up? We do not have any hands up at this point.
0: Well, somebody's right. going to have to flip to do the last one to... Take us out of here.
2: I've got one ready, but if you want Jenny's oh, go go for it. that you go stirred up the it. masses, maybe you'd like to do that again. No,
0: no, no. Uh, <laughs> go for it. we defer right, to you, well, Nolan.
2: I need to go look and see whether I really did recommend that book to him. I'm terrified <laughs> that I did. Um, here's one for you that I enjoyed. This is um, the Death Trust. Vin Cooper, number one. So I'm not giving you some book way down in a series. I'm trying to be something other than an animal here. It's called The Death Trust. The author is David Rollins, conventionally spelled R-O-L-L-I-N-S. The order number, if you're eligible to order things from Bard, would be DB70604. Alas, there is no Braille order number. So here's the setup real quick. Vin Cooper... Vincent is his real name, but he goes by Vin, is uh, celebrating, quote-unquote, his divorce as the book opens. His idea of celebrating has included months of of debauched boozing. Uh, Vin is, or was at one time, a really good investigator for the U.S. Air Force. It's a... um, There's a shadowy group of folks who reach out to him and say, we need you to do some investigative work. And, of course, Vin is barely sober or may not be at all, having not been for for weeks. And he's said, no, I don't think you want me to do it. And they insist. So off to Germany he goes. His critics deem him barely fit to serve as the book opens. And the shadowy group, who wants its secrets kept, believe Vin will fail. That's why they picked him. They want want him to investigate and find nothing, and then life can go on. Um, Their beliefs are grossly misguided. He teams up with Special Agent Anna Masters, whom I believe will appear in future books in this series, to uncover a really nasty conspiracy that uh, none of us who read this saw coming. There are two sex scenes I could have done without, personally, but they were relatively brief, so... I managed to handle it okay. This is a compelling, twisty book that doesn't seem to have slow spots. The narration's really quite excellent. Um, and the narrator is Mel Foster, in case any of you have heard of him. And you you very much come to appreciate Vin. He's uh, the anti-hero. He's the guy that doesn't look like he's ever going to make it. And he actually ultimately is the one who uncovers some really nasty secrets That reach deep into the uh, annals of government. So, worth your time if you like those kind of books. Again, it is The Death Trust, D E A T H Trust, by David Rollins, DB 70604.
0: And, Jenny, do you have any last comments
1: before we wrap it up? Just, everyone, have a good reading. Uh, week and if you haven't gotten started, like some of us, be sure that you uh, read the buddy read if you're going to read it with us, which is the mercy of the sky, and that will be October tenth.
0: Podcast will be up later tonight or in the morning, so watch for that. That'll be up, and you'll be able to. We're back on track again. Anything else from you, Nolan or Perry, before we shut this off?
4: Let's, uh, real quick, let's go to Dale real real quick. Uh, quick. Dale, if you want to unmute.
3: Yeah, I got you there. There hey, he is. I, there he is. I yep, to go thank ahead. You. Hey, I just want to come in and thank you all again uh, 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 for a fine job at this book club because I've been going, been trying to participate. I've been, I was able to call in before and just listen in, but uh, a friend of mine sent me uh, all the info I needed for uh, uh, to join by Zoom, and I'm glad I'm here, and I'm glad to see a lot of you here. So let's keep coming back and keeping this thing going. We'll and be again, next gonna, week. I want to thank each and every one of you moderators, especially for this fine group. So let's keep the books keep the books up, read up, and uh, keep have fun reading. Back Uh, to the group. Thanks for your time. We appreciate. Thank
1: you for coming.
3: We're Mm glad you were here. Uh, Thank you for letting
2: me be here. Good to have you. I think that's a pretty good note to put a bow on this thing. What do you say, guys?
0: I think so too, and I don't like this new encoder. It's way different.
1: <laughs> do I want to thank our years. guys behind the scenes, Bill and Perry? They're always yes back there. Without them, it definitely wouldn't be a podcast.
2: Yeah, it would be awful otherwise. That's a, that's a fact.
1: We have yeah, no we, idea. We, what we would we're be doing running. We wouldn't have enough hands. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> Real quick, before we go, do you have anything you're looking forward to in the next week that you're about to read?
1: I'm in the middle of reading. What is the love me to death and I know you've probably mm-hmm. reviewed that with Alison Brennan. I think that's the first that's a good one.
2: book. Yeah, you're going to like that, I think.
1: I I like it better than what was the one I read that was in the middle of the series Ice Cold or Cold Yeah, that, ice?
2: some of those are re- really roller coaster iffy.
1: Well, and the narrator in that one was so whiny. Yeah. This is Erin yes. Jones and she does yes. a good job with this one.
2: Yeah, no, you'll like that. It's a good book. You'll you'll enjoy it. I um I'm in the middle of The Woman Who Walked Into the Sea by uh, the guy who wrote the J.J. Jackson books. Um, wow, that's embarrassing that his name just escaped me. But uh, it's a whole series about a guy on Martha's Vineyard who's a retired Boston cop. And uh, he's. he's uh, there's a whole series of them. He's, he, he died recently. Ray Fouché reads these. Um, Good reader. Philip R. Craig, that's the author. Philip R. Craig, and uh, I'm looking forward to that one. It's the second book in the J.J. J. Jackson series, and uh, so that'll be big fun.
0: Good stuff. But in the real world, I'm going to see if my roast turned out that I cooked. It smells ooh. good now. I'm roast so and potatoes and carrots, and I'm hoping it's All right, it
2: we'll let you all get to it.
0: All right, you guys have a good one. Take care.
2: Take care. Bye. Thanks, everybody. Recording stop.
0: Bye.